Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Postcard from the Past and Wardle Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard podcast. This is the place where we explore the stories, the memories and meanings behind the pictures and messages on old or not so old picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson and today I'm delighted to say my guests in the studio are Tamandra Harkness and Mark Watson. Tamandra and Mark, hello, welcome. Hello. Hi, thank you, thanks for welcoming us. Tamandra Harkness is a writer and broadcaster who swims around in the profound and sometimes murky waters of big data. She's written on that subject and related and unrelated issues for The Sunday Times, The Telegraph and Wired. She's all over BBC Radio. Sorry. uh, Popping up on The Human Zoo. Simon Evans goes to market and particularly presenting future proofing for Radio 4. And she is importantly the author of the excellent book Big Data, Does Size Matter? Which is both an idiot's guide to the subject and a meditation on privacy, free will, the responsibilities of the state and where to get the best coffee in Silicon Valley. And Tamandra comes to us today with a GL6 postmark. Tamandra, do you still send postcards? I do. And one of my sadnesses as life goes on is that I have fewer people to send them to. But I always make an effort to send them to my uh, my dad, my best friend, Sandra, and my godson. And I'm going to shortly start sending them to my nephew, but as he's not one yet... I kind of feel that that would be an imposition on his parents uh, and that they might feel, why haven't you been sending us a postcard all these years if you're suddenly going to start writing to this baby? So you find whenever you're travelling around doing your various conferences and keynote speeches, you, you always look, you go to the concierge at the hotel and try and get a card? or do you... I, I really try to, even if it's a very short trip. I don't always manage it. Sometimes if it's kind of 24 hours in and out, then I don't. But I really try to. And it's a nice little moment as well. I always feel... It's a nice excuse to just sit down for half an hour and have a coffee and look at the view and just take in the place where you are and be in the moment just long enough to write down what being in the moment is like. Very well. You'll find no no argument with that from me. Uh, Mark Watson is, of course, a comedian. Uh, first made his name with a number of unusual Edinburgh shows, including one which lasted 24 hours, one which lasted a week. Is that actually true, Mark? No, I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> Including one that definitely didn't last a week. Uh, and one in which he and the audience together wrote a novel. Is that true? That did happen, although the novel never came to light because it's not a realistic way to write a book. 
Mark has now written six successful novels, uh, the most recent of which is the excellent Dubai-based murder mystery slash treatise on life and reality, The Place That Didn't Exist. You'll have heard Mark all over the radio. Uh, you'll have seen him on television, including Bear Grylls Island show, which presumably you took on as a punishment. Yeah, no postcard opportunities there. There wasn't, there wasn't a gift shop. Well, that's very unfortunate. Yeah, I don't think it's worth their while having a shop because only, only 10 people go there every year. And everybody is miserable as well. Right. Well, misery can be portrayed on postcards. I've seen that. Oh, it absolutely times. can, yeah. <laughs> You'll have seen Mark all over the place on TV as well with his trademark comic style uh, and quite possibly looking over your shoulder if you've been trying to write a novel. <laughs> Mark arrives at Wardle Studios today with a London N8 redirection postcode over an almost obliterated Bristol BS4 postcode, still legible with a decent magnifying glass. Mark, when did you last send a postcard? I'm not as good as Tamandra. I don't make much of an effort, unfortunately, these days, largely because I hardly know anyone's postal address, I, I don't think. I, I mean, I um, well, it would have been last year I did send postcards back to my own kids when I was doing a comedy festival abroad, so I suppose. It's not um, unheard of for me to do it, but I'm not, I, I'm not as conscientious as, as Tamandra about you know, sitting down and uh, making time to do it. As much as anything, it's getting, the, it's buying the postcards and it's, uh, the whole thing's really fiddly, which of course is the nice thing about it because the tradition comes from a time when people just spent longer over everything. But I'm probably an example of a kind of impatient generation that yeah. doesn't, on the other hand, I do, I mean, I buy old postcards in second-hand shops and I value them. Time, isn't it? It's time is the thing that chases us and all these things. It's a lot of it to do with time, but it is time well spent because, you know, 50 years on, someone could be discussing your work on a podcast. Exactly right. Exactly. What an investment that is. <laughs> what a generous investment of your time. Um, now, I personally believe that for many of us, postcards do represent a kind of thread of communication that runs through our lives, um, sometimes in odd ways. Uh, Tamandra, I've spent the last few weeks going through boxes and boxes of old postcards. I mean, probably 30,000 cards. Um categorising them into the date they were sent. Don't, don't ask why. But is that big data? <laughs> what, what, is, is that a data set that I can do something with? Um, I mean, obviously, I can find out what the weather was like in Devon in 1973, but is, is there more that can be done with that? Well, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, it is a data set uh, in the sense that there's loads of information there waiting to be got out. To use big data as a kind of technique, you'd have to put it into some form that computers could recognise. But of course, we're not far off that. We're not far off computer programmes that can read handwriting, probably even mine, and that can recognise things in pictures. So there probably is a computer programme that could categorise you know, seaside types of weather, types of cloud. Uh, and also what, what the traffic was like. What the traffic was like. You could almost certainly get a programme that would make sense of the text and then do what they call a sentiment analysis, so see what the mood of the person writing the postcard wow. was. Although I'm not sure how good that is. They make great claims for it, but I had that done on my Twitter feed and they they identified tweets including champagne as negative, which is just clearly... <laughs> right from the outset, Yeah, exactly, it's wrong. just impossible. Machines so, are not yet good enough to no, work out exactly. the pleasure they, of drinking, luckily for us. Yeah, quite, certainly not the good stuff. No. Yeah, and let's hope that it stays that way, because if... If AI starts to get so good that robots can get drunk, then we will be in trouble, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be the moment it all ends. Seriously, though, somebody out there would go, oh, yeah, we could actually look at your 
weather records through postcards. There's um, somebody interviewed for the book, Professor Paul Matthews, who's a brain scientist at Imperial College. When I said to him, oh, so you have lots of brain scans, that is that big data then? He said, no, 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 that's just large data. That's just lots of information of the same type that we've always had to ask the same question. He said big data is when you get brain scans and you get the patient's medical records from the same patients and you get the postcodes where they lived and you get the weather records from those postcodes and you put them all together to see whether the weather had an effect on the progression of their multiple sclerosis because his hypothesis was that the sunlight would have an effect, the vitamin D, in other words, would have an effect on the progression of the disease. And he said, and that's big data, when you get different types of data. The, the data sets are talking to each other. Exactly, yeah. and you ask a new question that wasn't the one that the people yeah. collecting it thought of. So, yeah, probably somebody would like to look at the weather records in all your postcards. I probably just need to get more cards. I mean, to get a proper... Yeah, 30,000 is hardly worth bothering with. Yeah, I mean... Are you just looking for an excuse to get more yeah, cards? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do sometimes think... I. I, I think I think perhaps I am a collector in some ways, and it's uh, starting to look that way by the time. Yeah, yeah. And I just I I wonder if I really want to own all the cards, but that that's not practical. Are we Are we going to get to take these away, or do you? <laughs> your ones. Them? I don't want your nonsense. No, there. No, they belong to you. They, they, you know, to me they'd just be like a trivial little giggle, but to you they have meaning. No, I'm very aware that the stuff I deal with actually is disconnected from its emotional reality. Um, which is why it's kind of entertaining maybe, but it doesn't, and it's mysterious, but stuff that you own yourself doesn't, I don't put my own cards because they have a different emotional meaning. But enough about me. Uh, Mark, I was reading your novels and enjoyed The Knot. Um, and in The Knot, characters write postcards to each other. Uh, yeah, two characters who, well, are brother and sister, but they're separated for many years and they just communicate with kind of irreverent, postcards uh the, the sister it has a job where she um, has a life where she travels a lot so and this is kind of the it's set mostly in sort of the 70s and 80s so that was a time when you know before texting before emails and all the rest of it you'd wouldn't necessarily know where someone was in the world at any given moment i think it's an enormous psychological change there are a lot of uh, novels where people only communicate by letter or postcard or you know through there's like novels that are all that but even as a as a kind of fictional trope it's perfectly plausible that people could not see each other for 20 30 years and it's all about written correspondence and now i mean there are still people that are apart for that long but it's almost impossible for somebody not to know where in the world you are or what you're thinking for more than a few days at a time which is i'm not saying it's either better or worse but it definitely does uh, you wonder how much of how much sort of emotional discourse will be left from this generation compared with because stuff like whatsapp or all of it is pretty transient it all gets wiped it's all encrypted and obviously people are sending fewer postcards but in just more general terms people are not taking as much time to articulate their thoughts on paper as they used to be because they have to so the interesting thing i think that idea of people having a relationship which is largely on paper is belongs to another era of fiction and of life really and of course that you know although they're quite sort of uh, flimsy these cards are quite resilient they're still here. You know, paper is, is really actually mm. really enduring. It's, 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 I don't think anyone ever thought it was, but they must have known it would be when, when they were doing something with papyrus or whatever it was many years ago. But it's, paper does, it does seem to last. No one writes postcards imagining that strangers would be talking about it in 50 years, though. It's an amazing thing. About no, and that would, that would be a very kind of um, narcissistic thing to do. Yes. <laughs> and, but but yeah. you know what? When, when postcards first 
this is a bit of history, when postcards started out, one of the reasons that polite society thought they were a bad thing is that you wouldn't use all the um, elaborate Victorian kind of... Or actually, they were harking back to the 18th century, I think. This sort of all the fancy things you'd write in a letter... And those letters often were written with a view that they might be published, you know, your, 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 the collected letters. Well, a postcard was never meant to be collected as, as part of your, uh, your oeuvre. And I think that's w- why they're more conversational. Yeah. So maybe they are the equivalent to text messages. In a way, they are, yeah. Oh, much right. closer, yeah. yeah, 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 they are. It's just a freak that the, the, the cardboard exists. And they exist. the reason they've stayed is they've got nice pictures on the front. You know, it's this kind of genius idea that you put a pretty picture on it and it, it kind of has yeah, it's a... an item worth keeping hold of, yeah. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well. Well, before we see the cards that Amanda and Mark have brought along, very kindly, I'll give you a quick couple of mine. Um, this is, of course, from the postcard from the past style, an old card from which I've selected a little bit of the message. Um, this is a picture. It's a, a multi-view of the Lake District. I think uh, this can be uh, attested to. Uh, four images, a kind of symphony in brown, really. I think it's later in the autumn. 1980. It looks older, I would say. Why did I choose this? I don't know. It just seemed very telling. The message that, that I've chosen. Colin, of course, walks ridiculously fast, always. Yeah. Uh, that, that's like a line from one of your books. It is, and you can imagine someone plodding around the Lake District after this husband thinking, God, why did I agree to a walking trip? <laughs> yeah, you're still in the foothills and he's at the top Exhausted. waving. Exhausted, yeah. Yeah. Also, I just get the feeling Colin is... Colin's the impatient one as well. Mm. Yeah, What's the, going on in Colin's mind? The way she says, of course, or he or she, is obviously a known thing about Colin that he, he's always doing Typical. everything. Yeah. Typical Colin, yeah. yeah. Always, always. Like, even when he's going to the shops, even always. when he's going to the post, always. You know, always. For a minute, slow down, Colin. But it doesn't, it's not a factor until you go to the late district, then it becomes a real problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's up that hill. Uh, this is a bit, bit of an older card, just a quick one. This is Scarborough. There's a... It's amazing, actually. There's a model naval battle going on oh, wow. in a lake. Quite a lot of people watching, <laughs> of yeah. Of course, well, you would. <laughs> um, it's like a kind of exercise in false perspective because the, the boats are tiny. Well, actually, they look quite tiny. Yeah, well. they appear to be bigger than the... Yeah. Uh, and this was sent in, I can't see, the early 60s, um, mid-60s. And it's got, a, actually, it's got a rather good postmark. Scarborough. Tops for summer shows. Oh, special, <laughs> special special summer postmark, yeah. Especially if you like naval battle. Hey, was that a thing in the 60s? Reenacted model naval battles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. We used to spend most of our time watching them. <laughs> it wasn't as much telly. No. Um, but it's the it, equivalent to Love Island. Yeah. This is a very simple message. Um, hope you are enjoying holes. Holes, eh? I aren't. <laughs> <laughs> So that was uh, Carol. She yeah. just was not being nice. Scarborough didn't work out for her. No, no, naval battle. See, that's the thing. Each one is a short story. Each yeah. one is who is. Why does Colin always walk fast? What's yeah. he escaping from? Why did Carol trip to Scarborough disappoint her so much? Yeah. To let you know at home, images of all these wonderful cards we discussed today are on the website, uh, mine and my guests, and you can see and take a look and see that we're not making it up. Now, Tamandra and Mark, you've been very thoughtful. You've come along with cards of your own. Uh, Tamandra, let's start with you. What's the first card you want to share with us? Well, the first one is this very charming black and white likeness of Jean Gabin, the French movie star. Is he um, in a military costume there? Is it a police uniform? I think he's in... It, I think it's a military costume, possibly World War One. Very cool. And he's kind of sitting on a table, smoking a cigarette, 
always. And uh, and looking very cool and handsome. It might tell me, tell us what film it is. Actually. Oh, of course, it's La Grande Illusion, oh. 1937, directed by Jean Renoir. Okay. Uh, it's very very powerful anti-war film. So what, what, what's going on? Why have you got this card? Who wrote it to you? Okay, this card was sent to me by my best friend Sandra, who I met at college when we were both doing a film and theatre degree. And so my crush on Jean Gabin dated from that day. And she is on tour in France. At this point, she was a singer with the, probably with the Glenn Miller Memorial Orchestra Goodness. or some kind of big yeah. band anyway. So she's basically touring in a bus full of musicians. And you can tell... With an interest in the retro nostalgic style, I suppose. Oh, well, yes, exactly. No, no, no. She's singing in the in the 40s style. Wow. Exactly. So, uh, so she's obviously at some point found a moment to spot this picture of Jean Gabin, remember my crush, get it for me. You can tell how quick she's moving because in the text she says... Uh, we're, moved, we're in a Parisian traffic jam, but the postcard is Dijon, so that's the, kind of the interval. So there's two touching things about it. One is that it, I'm in I'm in London doing whatever I'm doing at that point. It's 1995. She is she's touring France in this bus, and uh, remembers my uh, my penchant for this particular French film star of the 30s. The other one is she ends it with oh, and you can tick off number 22 though unfortunately not number 21. And this refers to this list that we still make every year between Christmas and New Year. We do a list of all the things we want to do in the next year, some of which are big, like I'm going to publish a book, and some of which are really trivial, like I'm going to replace the back doormat. And something... So 22 was probably... Well, who knows? I mean, this is... something Seeing something, maybe, or... Well... I think it'd be low down the list. It would be less less important. No, no, no. They're completely mixed way. up. No, oh. no. They're no. It's 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 in no particular order. So because it sounds like she's done something. Well, no, because she w- she's saying I can words. tick off number twenty-two. Oh, I see. So oh. there's something because we would list. send each other list. our list. Yeah, we'd oh. sit down together and, and wow. make a list and then send each other so copies. So she knows you've so done something. So she's no, no. So she's probably has found something or bought something that I need to right. Ah. To tick off number 22. Brilliant. But not number, but 21. number 21. And yeah. I kind of wish now I still had my 1995 list. Survive, list. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's a bit ephemeral. And, um, and I wonder what they were. So we'll, we'll never know what, what 22 and 21 I th- were. I think you'll have a dream and you'll remember. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? I think it will. It's the sort of thing that you do reaccess in a dream. Somewhere. Yeah. It's there somewhere. Well, That's I looked amazing. At, I looked up this year's list, and number twenty-two in this year's list is pickle peaches. Have you? Uh, it, no, because they're not in season yet. Ah, it's just only May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's still time for that. Very good. Well, that, that's opened up um, another world of New Year's lists that I didn't even know about. Uh, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you for that. Mark, you've got, I think, two for the price of one here. Is that right? Yeah, I've got a couple... I mean, I've got one sort of from my own life, um, which I'll save. But the, these two are, uh, like you, on a much, much smaller scale, like uh, pick up postcards that I've got no connection with or just occasionally the sort of thing you see in a bookshop. These are both from a bookshop that I went to a while ago. And um, it's what we've really talked about, what Tamandra's already talked about, the appeal of them is tapping into these tiny short stories. Uh, so this one, for example, is this is, um, well, it's the harbour of Hong Kong, um, it's this postcard from 1965, so it's... It's got lovely rounded corners, isn't it? Yes, unusual. It's, uh, I was going to ask you if it's, it must be fairly unusual yeah, I think shape so. for a postcard. And it's a weird, almost like an optical illusion, because the harbour is quite recognisable at Hong Kong, but just all of the skyscrapers aren't there because of course, of the 60s. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like you could... It could have been photoshopped the, out. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> is like a computer simulation of what Hong Kong would have been like, but of course at that point it was. As it is, it looks a bit like kind of Kent or something. Yeah, the sky, um, the sky is the same as an English postcard sky. The sky is the same, and the uh, those distinctive kind of uh, mountains are the same, but, um, yeah, you can't see the sky in the same, uh, in the equivalent picture these days. No. And this is a picture... Um, a postcard sent by bloke Patrick. It says, um, so yeah, 1965. He's been on some sort of around-the-world trip. He's begins this classic British postcard. He begins by saying, it's been foggy, very disappointing. And <laughs> then he briefly mentions uh, the Grand Canyon, leaving now for Saigon, Cambodia, wow. onto Bangkok. He's been all over the place. And then very casually it ends by him saying, had a bad bout of dysentery, but recovered now. Wow. Which I believe dysentery can kill you. But uh, again, <laughs> this is what you're talking about. In a postcard, there's just not room to expand on that. So he's almost didn't make it onto the card at all. <laughs> and things like that are amazing. You, you, uh, that must was, have been a really unusual trip all around the world yeah, in 65. Of course, no way of knowing why he was doing it, whether he was some sort of explorer or just incredibly ambitious holiday um, it was sent to someone called uh, Denzel Forsyth Esquire in London. And uh, that's, you know, all you can ever know about that correspondence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but there's uh, you enough... don't want to know anymore either. No, you it? don't. Sort of the appeal with all of these things is that you, you just can't know. And that, that which brings us on to the other one, actually. This, this one was sent in uh, 1991, although uh, the handwriting is the handwriting of, a, I think, a very old, it's very scrappy right. handwriting. It's been sent to a vicar and it says, Dear George, thank you for your card. 
uh, by now your examination will be behind you. What happens next? Question mark. And again, the rest of the... And we don't know if that's a medical examination or an academic. Could be they went for some qualification or an exam to do with being a vicar. Oh, yeah. But the bishop. what happened next? Could be, bishop. Bishop. It could be a promotion. It was, and again, the appeal of it is just the sort of strangeness of uh, that lingering. What happened next? 90, I was at school in 1991, and uh, unconnected events were going on. And, it's, and I, I'm always fascinated by that idea that it's what most of my books are sort of about in some way. The the just in, immense volume of human activity that you can't tap into, but which you just overlap with for for a tiny second or two. And postcards are a really good reminder of that. Your Twitter feed is a really good reminder of it because. Like you said, it, each sentence is so suggestive, but you can never know more than the tiniest bit of these people's lives. <laughs> no, it's true. And uh, people sometimes say, "Do you have you have you traced the people who the cards are for or from?" And uh, I, I don't think you'd want to. I think um, no, it's sort of better this way. Unravel yeah. everything. It's like hearing snatches of conversation on the train, and you think, "Yeah, I don't I don't want to know the whole story because that would be intrusive." But my imagination can fill in some of the gaps. Yeah, it's, I, I'm a great collector of tiny little phrases like that on the train. Yeah, they remind you of, of well, everything you hear. Really, is your brain coming back? It's the stuff you'd have said, and sometimes people see, can be a bit sort of snippy about these things on, on on Twitter and so on. But actually, it's the bits that connect with the way you think mm. uh, or the way you feel that, that have the most resonance. I think I'll do another quick one of mine. Um, I've got the, the taste for it now that Mark's got his uh, vintage cars out. This is from uh, 19. 1988, it seems like five minutes ago. It's a picture of, uh, I don't know how you pronounce that thing on the left. What in Latan? What in Latan? The latest rich again. Yeah. Yeah. Certain places, they seem to just make cards. That's all they have. I mean, and people were forever going to the Lake District in those days. It's yeah. a classic kind of. Yeah. I mean, the Isle of Wight, yeah. I'm not sure it exists, <laughs> except in postcards. It's just a very well constructed it... postcard motif. Yeah. Maybe it's a fiction by the military. It's like a pretend place. I... And all these postcards, you go, oh no, it's just an island where people go on holiday <laughs> and grow garlic. And the whole thing is a massive secret military base. Could be... I mean, I've been there. I... It felt like it was a real place, but of course that's what they want you to think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've been to Bielefeld. I've, I've been to in Dubai. Germany. And I've read your book. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been to a lot of places which I'm not sure were really there. Yeah, the reality it changes as your memory changes. So this is uh, a card. Um, I'm making a big deal of this, really. 1988. When we get home again, we are going to look for a puppy for me. Charles is not so keen. Yeah, <laughs> poor old Charles. Did, did they get the puppy? Um, I bet they will have done. Yeah, yeah Charles will have so. been overruled. I think so. I Especially think once so. it's public. Once exactly. Said in public, yeah. Once you said get we're getting puppy. it, yeah, then people the, will be asking about it. Then yeah. the act of writing that yeah. was it. It had a kind of it seals like a, the the intention. Somehow, yeah, it? yeah. In some strange and kind of mystical way. So, Tamandra, what's your second card you got for us today? Well, the second one is uh, is this lovely picture of Moscow. Or Mokbar, as it looks when it's written in Russian. Uh, <laughs> your, your gift for languages is terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Moskva. It's Moskva, but, you know, it's in Cyrillic. And uh, it's a beautiful golden domes against the blue sky. And this is a postcard from me to my mother, because after my mother died, of course, went through her house and found lots of postcards that I'd sent her over the years and which she tended to keep. Uh, it is one of those little moments where you go, oh, yes, actually... The fact that somebody's kept all this stuff you sent them shows you how much it meant to them at the time, that yeah. you didn't necessarily 
you weren't necessarily aware of at the time. You discover it later. But you, you, when you find that, that she kept them all. Uh, and I always used to try and send her postcards when travelling because she, she loved to travel, so she was always interested. But Moscow specifically, I sent her this postcard because when I was very little, she went on holiday to Russia. And that was when it was still behind the Iron Curtain. Wow. And so it was an in-tourist holiday to Moscow and St. Petersburg, as it was then. And, uh, oh, no, no, Leningrad. Yeah, Leningrad. Yeah, Moscow it? and Leningrad, yeah. as it was then. And she she said that she was followed around a lot by this other man who happens to be on the tour group on his own who just would appear at her elbow mysteriously mm. whenever she was wandering around looking at the art. But she went in winter. It's very, very cold and snowy, and she was impressed by the way everyone was eating ice cream, even though it was kind of minus five, and everyone was wearing fur uh, and very atmospheric. Whereas it must have I, been an amazing experience. Oh, yes, I think so. And and really, really unusual. I mean, it was quite rare to go. It was hard to even get in, probably, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised they kept tabs on them all. And, yeah, it was really... And she always said she would have liked to go back, actually, and see how different it was now. So it was another reason why I knew she would be interested. But I went in May in... I was trying to make out the, the postmark, but it's in Cyrillic and I can't quite read it. I think it was 2014. So so mine says it's very sunny and hot, no snow, no fur coats and no Bolsheviks. Just a rather relaxed and lovely city. So the, so the text isn't particularly interesting, but... It's a great memory, though. It's it's the Yeah, it's, it's the two things. It's the fact that I sent it and she kept it, which is nice. Yeah, and but it refers back to her trip as well. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, the, the trip that I made had more meaning for me because I was thinking of, you know, when I was little and imagined this place that was so inaccessible and mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, going to the moon or something. And um, you were there for work, were you? And I was there for work. Yeah, it's one of those... Just another business trip. It's, I, it's a real sign of generations, I think. My grandparents, my mother's parents, didn't have a passport and they went abroad exactly once in their life when my mother and I got them the temporary passports you used to be able to get yeah. and took them on a day trip to France oh, on the ferry. Yes, yes. That was it. That was the only time they left the country. Fascinating. Right. My, my mother travelled a reasonable amount. Uh, I, you know, I, I travel around the world for work and it's like, have I got time to send a postcard? Yeah. I just think how amazing, how the world has changed so much so fast. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, it's funny that that card goes backwards and forwards in time, really, doesn't it, that way? Yes. Very good, very good. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Mark, you've got, I think, the most beaten-up card I've ever seen in this uh, studio, but yes, there well, must be a reason for this. Knocking around for, uh, well, 12 years ago. It was sent in 2006. Um, it's a uh, thank, you for, thank you for your wedding card sent by uh, a friend of mine called Phil, who was the Toastmaster at the wedding. But it was a sort of... At your wedding? Yeah, uh, which was, as I say, in uh, 2006. So his job was sort of to introduce the speeches and stuff. It was a, a kind of tongue-in-cheek appointment because he's got a loud voice we gave him a bell and all this sort of thing and it's a strange thing for me to to have found because uh the, we're not together anymore and also he sent it from him and his then partner and they're also not together anymore and right. so it serves as a kind of reminder of the uh transience of all things in the way that postcards do but it also kind of makes me happy because it says um uh, your happiness was infectious and the wedding was poignant fun and memorable he says from beginning to end which is nice and Although, ultimately, the uh, you know the relationship didn't end well, and uh, not his. 
and nor do a lot of people's like many of the couples that were at that wedding are no longer together which is a really odd thing when you look back at any wedding from sort of 10 20 years ago but because of this convention of there's quite a few of these postcards uh, saying thank you for the day which my ex-wife luckily kind of hoarded and it is nice to feel that the day and that occasion kind of lives in people's memories as a nice thing even though you know well beyond the time when the actual marriage is so it's yes. kind of it's very very bittersweet thing to have but it's and of all the postcard conventions there are the idea of sending them to someone after after something like a wedding or uh, to, to commiserate or those things are really important ones to preserve i think because again you'd never look back on a set of emails that you had from wedding guests from 10, 20 years ago. Perhaps you would, but the chances are you wouldn't even still have them. Whereas a box of postcards from people saying congratulations is, as I say, sad in a way, but um, has a strange kind of power to um, to cheer you up as well. I think thank you cards are quite powerful, actually, aren't they? In a, in a way that... Yeah. And birthday cards, are, obviously, they're lovely, but they're kind of an obligation, Christmas cards and so But a thank you card is feels a bit more spontaneous, and postcards work really well for that. Yeah, and I mean, not everyone goes to the effort of this. Is the postcard shows somebody on a mobile phone, but right outside a phone box. So it's a kind of <laughs> it's a, a, a joke in it, doesn't it? It has a joke, and it's also another sort of memory of how time passes. And there's another le- like history or time has given the joke another layer because even the mobile that he's got looks pretty old to us now as well. Certainly. So the joke is sort of now on him as well as the phone box. <laughs> Yeah, that's very good. And that's going to stay in a box somewhere and come out from time to time. They'll all be kept, I think, yeah, because, as I say, all of them are um, souvenirs of a time in your life, yeah. Which you can't escape from. Which you can't escape from. It's It's part of the the story of your life, (laughs) everything that makes up your life, yeah. Very good, very good. Well, thank you for sharing that because that is quite a personal card. Well, thank you both very much, both of you. Um, I'm really delighted that you shared these cards with us and, and, and with the listeners. I should remind the listeners again that images of all the cards um, from today, uh, without the personal details, um, uh, are all going to be on, on the blog. That includes this last one from me in the past postcard style, you, you know, from Twitter. Now, this one is a picture of... Any any idea where that might be? Oh, it's a cathedral Massive window. stained glass window. Is it Wells? It's actually Worcester Cathedral. Not a bad guess, yeah. No, no, good, good call. Um, it's got the right letter. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Yeah, yeah. you were looking at it. Anyway. Um, so this one Flicking is Flicking through my book of rose windows of British cathedrals, <laughs> yeah. A to W. <laughs> Didn't quite, just skipped a couple of pages. Nine, uh, it's from the 80s, I can't see. It's a 17 pence stamp, which suggests it's from the 80s. This is a real story. Um, I thought of it, I, I chose this one really because, uh, because of Mark's novels. Sorry if I sounded miserable in letter, but had had a visit from Dotty P. Wanting to know if I would like Jeff back, I told her once again, no, not even over my dead body. Blimey. That's a lot to get through in a postcard, isn't it? <laughs> Having a lovely time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lovely time without Jeff, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. But Dottie P just won't won't let it go. No, she still thinks she can get them back together. Yeah. And presumably with the best of intentions. Yeah, but she's been immortalised as a busybody on that postcard. Yeah, yeah. And why the... I've changed the names, obviously. Yeah. Why, why the cathedral? Uh, it was sent from Worcester. Yeah, just a day trip maybe or something. Yeah. It's slightly odd. Or just a, maybe a card you have in stock, you know, just sitting on your, on <laughs> yeah. your, on your yeah. writing desk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like something you pick up from a museum or something. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. So uh, on that cheerful note... Poor Jeff. I wonder what happened to him. Now, before we let... He uh, found love in the end, I expect, with someone else. Oh, yeah, well, Dottie P, actually. 
there's another cut. We'll hear about that later. <laughs> um, before we let Tamandra Mark back out into the uh, foggy streets of Fitzrovia, um, I've got one more card for you both to look at. I don't know if you've seen one of these before. Perhaps you could d- let oh. me know. <laughs> well, it's a very glamorous. What, what period did you say that was? 40s, 50s? Starlet? Yeah, 40s, I'd say, maybe. What are we seeing? But there's a hole in the middle and there's... It looks like a record. Um... Yeah, it's like a picture disc, but square, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's got... It has got tiny little. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a gorgeous German-looking lady um, with a rose in her. You call that a corsage? Or... I, I, I think so. There is there is a word, isn't it? Corsage basically... sounds about right. Yeah. Um, or is that what a dead body goes in? I'm not sure. No, I think I think that might be a corsage. Um, anyway, she's she's a, a nice smiling lady with grooves on her. <laughs> And what does she play, if we play her? Well, David's been very patiently sitting, reading a book in the control room, and uh, ah, this is what he has some technology, so perhaps we can see if uh, he can make something happen. What do you think, Mark? Uh... It's a nice, nice enough tune, isn't it? <laughs> young, young hearts full of music are, are happy or something, is it? Yeah. Hearts, I could hear. I could hear hearts and happy, but my German's pretty limited. Something about dancing, dancing. there. Yeah, yeah, you see? Well, you can just about... Immer, always? Always. Is some, some, it seems to be one of these songs about how music makes you happy and yeah. stuff, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play, to get that out of a postcard is... Good going, isn't it? It's, not, it's a decent sound. The only equivalent I can think of these days is those birthday cards that you open and it, it plays yeah, a little. Yeah. They uh, play in the, in the small hours. Yeah. And wake you and make you have nightmares. <laughs> they fall off the mantelpiece. <laughs> it's very charming. If you, yeah. if we could track her down and put her in for Eurovision, I reckon she would be she's, yeah, she's, she's in after you. It's actually. got a bit she's of the. She's a lovely girl. Uh, it's got a bit of Eurovision about it. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Well, as the gorgeous Helga Brower continues to rotate at exactly 45 revolutions per minute, always smiling, never dizzy. That's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, um, Tamandra Harkness and Mark Watson. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.